what what I feel, Sam, when you're speaking, and I think this has you know this has been growing over fifty years or longer in you, and I think it it's very you have a very strong stand in that, and that's empathy, right? So, Absolutely, very good. So Thank you very much. How can we develop empathy for each other? It's not just feeling. It's not sympathy. It's not sympathy. Yeah, it's not sympathy. Very right. it's I empathy. think you put it very well. Empathy, what you. I, think what I have you to be in your shoes. Yeah. You know, I have to really feel mm. how you are feeling. Mm. And I have to make sure that you are comfortable. Not just I'm comfortable. Okay. I mean, uh, I had last year one young African-American come to my office with another gentleman. And this young man was very curious. And he was looking down from my 18th floor office, a massive shopping center called Oakbrook. And I casually asked him, I said, oh, that's a great shopping center. Have you been there? He said, no. I said, oh, this is one of the most you know, interesting shopping area in Chicago. And then I found out that poor kid had not left his neighborhood. And he was about 17, 18, perhaps. Okay. And he was a little bit uncomfortable with all this, you know, fancy stuff. So I invited him to come home and have a glass of wine. And he was puzzled. He was afraid that why is this guy inviting us? Never met us before. And I was curious. Curiosity in me said, I need to learn more about this young boy. And I'm telling you that changed him and changed me. That fellow had never been in the house in the suburb. And he lives in Chicago. He'd never been to downtown Chicago because he's so poor. He's stuck in that neighborhood, okay, which is full of violence, ignorance, drug, and all that. And we connected. It came out of empathy, not sympathy. Mm. And it was a great experience for me also. So I think we need to spend more time in discovering people, mm. exploring each other, then fighting, then looking at our differences, then comparing ourselves. I think a lot of it goes back to ego. A mm. lot of it goes back to, you know, oh, I'm superior. Okay, oh, I'm wealthier. Oh, I have four cars and you have three cars. You know, does it really matter? Because what goes up also comes down. And what is down also comes up. So it's a journey. In this journey, you got to carry everybody with you. And meeting different people, experiencing them, getting to know them is part of the journey in life. That is life is all about. Life is not about locking yourself in a group of people who are very similar to you. So, so I think this is the part that very much intrigues me, Sam, because I guess that's what happens often in social media, right? And that's how social media is designed. But what you're saying, even if you have a lot of expertise in the technological part, you know, in uh, many, many decades, the core 
is actually the interior condition. It's almost like there's the blind spot. It's a blind spot of leadership. Your interior condition, you know, makes the difference, right? Absolutely. And, and I have the impression that with news, media, and consumption, you know, we are so trained um, with all this information to get high from it almost, you know, like, so we kind of like, we get addicted, right, to the emotional roller coasters. But we need that capacity in us to hold different perspective. If we want to be truly global social, global citizen, right? Just be humble, nice, simple, you know, decent human being. But you see, every morning when you get up, and look at the news. News is about yeah. one, violence. Mm -hmm. Two, money. Markets. Mm. Rich and famous people. Yeah. News is not about human stories. Okay, news is about how markets have gone up and how people have become rich. You look at the amount of space we spend. Mm or time we spend on these subjects. And then people only get that as the input. You know, what, what you're describing to, to, to me right now, it, it's something that I have been researching also in my PhD thesis, because I guess a lot of, you know, like race issue, inequality issue, colonization, like they're founded on collective trauma, right? There's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of hurt. And to understand the other through empathy, it means also that we share those experiences that others have, that we can, yeah, that we really can empathize with them, not just have sympathy. And I have the impression that, you know, like what we came up with as an idea is a global social witnessing. So how can we stay and witness what happens without being polarized, right? Like the space to really truly witness from a nonviolent perspective, you know, like I think comes very close to, not sure if I pronounce it correctly, Satyagara, what Gandhi talked Agra, about. Absolutely, yeah? you are right. I mean, how can, we, how can we unfold a space where we witness the world, where we feel the world, but not getting carried away, you know, into despair, or numb ourselves so we feel so miserable that we have to make others feel miserable as well? It begins with inside. If we can convert leaders mm. to believe in diversity and inclusion. If we can sensitize them, diversity and inclusion will be implemented. Mm. And I keep saying that it comes from within. No amount of laws mm. and policies and special incentives and programs will make it happen. But you can, like switching, flipping a switch, you can make a change just like that if you want. If enough key people and leaders mm. practice that genuinely, everybody will begin to practice. But if leaders don't practice, if they hate diversity, if they promote populism, of course society will pick it up. Yeah. And so we go back to your main topic, and that is populist, rise of populist movement. So, so what you're saying is actually quite interesting. So there is a choice. There is actually, and it's about purpose, right? So what's our purpose, our bigger purpose for your life, my life? How do I want to live? And 
how do I want to connect to other people? Like I said in our first conversation, at the end of the day, to me, only two things matter. Planet and people. Mm. I can spend my entire life, and if I had more lives, I would spend more lives on exploring planet and exploring people. Enjoying diversity, enjoying each other, learning from them, respecting them, respecting my planet, and spend time learning about each other, then fighting with each other, competing with each other. This whole idea of competition is again based on egos. And, and I think it is also changing. I mean, to some extent, especially I would say in the, in the tech area, you have, yes. you know, you have a lot of diverse teams and we are like coming to a place where we have to work interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary on a daily basis. So people, diversity is actually, it builds resilience. I mean, nature Absolutely. is diverse because it builds resilience. So, so I think that's another important part that, you know, diversity helps us to survive, right? I have great hope in your generation because you are, and your generation is much more open. You have no hangups. See, some of us still have hangups of World War, independence movement. Mm. You know, I was born in 1942. Mm. I was born in British Raj. And then India became independent. I was born in an era where telephone was a luxury. Travel was very difficult. You are born and raised in a connected world. So you and your generation is the hope. But we need to really give you a new model. We are not great examples for this generation. Because we have created conflicts, we created world war, and we created, you know, wars in Korea and Vietnam and Iraq and Afghanistan and whatever. We created discrimination. And your generation says, hey, what is all this stuff? Don't make sense? And in this connected world, you are co-creating things. Yes. We didn't co-create. I mean, as an engineer, when I was growing up, I could just work in a narrow field by myself and develop a product and say, here it is. I can't do that anymore. Because all innovation today requires multidisciplinary approach. All innovations today is happening faster than ever before. And as a result, I need to be much more open. I think, I guess that's it again. Huh? You can narrow down your perspective out of fear, but to stay truly open, you're gonna need empathy to connect to others and, and to really, I mean, if you, if you really let that sink in with the story you told, you know, like we understand also the fortune that we have as my generation and what we have already succeeded in building. And of course, you know, like this is more of a certain wealth and social connection. I think the inclusion on environment, you know, like, I mean, that's a big task also for my generation. But as you, as you mentioned, I mean, 
our relationship, you know, to ourselves, to others, and to nature. I think those are those are the things that, if we want true equality, that's where we need to start, right? Absolutely. And that's why I have a great hope in young generation. I like talking to you because I believe a lot of these messages will go to your generation. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's an opportunity for me to build bridges. Yeah between generations. You know, I can always talk to people of my age, but they're not going to bring about change anymore. Their phase is over. You know, the change will come from bottom. Yeah. Quite frankly speaking, of course, it's very empowering to hear this story from somebody like you who has been on that path for so many years. Um, I, think, I think this is really what, you know, like the bridge building um, between, you know, here, between continents, between different identities and, and even different age, you know? <laughs> uh, and I really, I really enjoyed this conversation, Sam. Um, Same here and let's continue these conversations.